Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game based upon the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian, as Jack Williams. I hope I'm the stoner in this scenario of Cabin in the Woods. Gabe, as Roy McDonough. Uh, 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 Cabin in the Woods, good movie. And Matt, as Rocky Whiteside. Coming to you live from Corona Bunker 1. You realize that when this gets released, people will be like, what? Well, besides the coronavirus, how's everybody doing? I'm fine. (coughs) (coughs) Oh, God, he has coronavirus. (laughs) It's coming through the computer. Yeah, I've got a little touch of something. I I was out working in the yard yesterday, so I think I just picked up a little something, something. The yard has the virus. It's the happening. (laughs) What? It's the grass. No. Come on, guys. We've got to work together here. Listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes or join our Discord server at discord.lovecrafttapes.com. And we do have a couple letters that were sent in. These were both on Reddit, actually. First from Tama290. Found your podcast a while back and I'm up to episode 79. Love the comedy. The scene where the gang rented a car in Louisiana had me laughing so hard my stomach hurt. I also love the gag where an NPC and a character refuse to stop talking to each other. Roy Arroyo drives me nuts half the time, but I'd Patreon and Arroyo family spinoff. All in all, great show. Keep it up. Thank you very much. That's awesome. That Arroyo family spinoff that's happening. You're still trying. We'll get it. We've tried so hard. It's not because I'm lazy. It's because we've been censored. That makes us sound cooler. The episode was just so good that the U.S. government came and took it away because it would have caused mass hysteria. Too hot for TV. Not hot enough for Patreon. Henda Nicholas on Reddit says regarding Case 10 Tape 2, Given his reaction and idea board, I assume that Rocky was part of an organization that was not Delta Green. Will we ever learn anything else about it? What do you think, Matt? Yes, he was a, a member of an opposing organization that definitely does not exist and is not a real thing. Omega Red. Shh. Gabe. If you're not careful, they're going to infect you with the coronavirus. And it's beta red. This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes. So check that out if you... And we did actually pick up a couple new patrons uh, just the last couple days. So appreciate that, guys. And uh, we'll continue to produce some quality content and some extras for our patreon folks i did have a quick question when are we supposed to start producing that quality content because we've been promising it for a long time <laughs> it's after the asteroid hits the oh, earth and decimates right. all life I forgot. so may i'll be down here in corona bunker <laughs> one don't worry before we begin we need to take a quick commercial break and now a word from our sponsor Hometown blues got you down. Well, pick yourself up and pack your bags because you're going on an all-expenses-paid trip to the H.W. Travels Woodsy Wonders Getaway. Because nothing says relax and get away like a cabin in the middle of the woods with only one way in and only one way out. Let me tell you, this cabin has everything. Three bedrooms, two baths, cozy open floor plan with a modern kitchen and a roaring fireplace, and that's just the start. Relax your night away under the stars with a fully stocked backyard, grill, and fire pit. Let the wailing banshees of the haunted woods sing you to sleep with their blood-curdling screams of terror. Now the nighttime serenade continues indoors with tapping on the floors, banging on the doors, loud noises from the roof, and from under the floorboards. Everything a person could want to lull them into a false sense of security and a good night's sleep. Now venture into the cellar loaded with trinkets of all shapes and sizes, many unique to our property, many with strange and magical properties that will not all lead to your imminent demise. Our goal is to make sure that you have a time that you'll never be able to leave behind. Hell, you'll be so relaxed you'll never want to leave. And if you try, the werewolves, killer clowns, killer aliens, and killer whales will all have a thing or two to say about that. So call to reserve your getaway, as space is limited to two free getaways per year, one per solstice. H.W. Travels, unforgettable getaways that you can't get away from. Listen, guys, we can argue the pros and cons of that product and their service until the cows come home. But when they do get home, they'll probably be all sloppy drunk from hanging out at the local tavern all day. You know how they get. Where's my dinner? Why didn't you tell me we had company? Get over here and milk me. Ugh. 
cows are the worst. Can we at least agree on that? Free cows. I mean, they're no emus, but... Eat more chicken. I mean, I'm not saying that Australia got into a war with the emus and lost, but... They didn't. Bruce? Bruce? Bruce. Now, dear investigators, we continue. Case 10. Praise. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Just when it seems Rocky has succumbed to the terrors wrought by the cathartic arena, he makes a miraculous recovery and is given leave to join Jack and Roy, who are, of course, delighted to have him back on the team. An early evening flight whisks the three of them away to Chicago, where they rest up at their hotel for the night before meeting their control officer, Slicer, the next morning. He briefs them on their mission parameters before disappearing mysteriously in a hedge. While combing through the sad contents of the former Delta Green informant's apartment, Roy discovers the deceased also owned a cabin in the woods. Investigators. The apartment of the recently deceased Clyde Bauman is depressing, to say the least. Is this what the future holds in store for you, too? Alone, in a run-down apartment in a less-than-desirable neighborhood, smoking cheap cigarettes, eating TV dinners in front of the television, biding time until the Grim Reaper appears suddenly in the bathroom as you're getting out of the shower? As you sit amongst the pile of personal papers in his makeshift office, you wonder what else Clyde might be hiding in this apartment or in his cabin up north. While you contemplate what other mysteries you might uncover, a knock resounds on the front door. Who is it? You're not supposed to say anything. We're not supposed to be here. <laughs> we run around running into each other. Papers everywhere. Panic. <laughs> whoop, 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 I mean, whoop. nobody's home. I'm hiding in the bathroom where there's nothing in it. I'll be your rug. Put my fist in the air. Two fingers up. Circle them around. Scatter. We're going to dive head first out the window. We are on the second floor, so that's good. Not the third like I thought. <laughs> I'm going to go stand directly behind where the door opens. He puts a lamp lampshade on his head. No, I have the lampshade on my head. He gets the door. You are going to stand behind a woefully inadequate curtain. I'm just going to crouch on the floor in front of the couch and hope that they think I'm a coffee table. Okay, I will go to the door. And knock back. <laughs> Who's in there, out there? So Jack strolls out of the office, down the hallway, past the linen closet, past the entrance to the kitchen, through the living room, where he notices something that he uh, did not notice as you guys were coming in. The guy's sitting on the couch. <laughs> Why are you in my apartment? Jack notices the living room contains a well-worn couch, which faces an archaic squat television, coffee table with uh, what looks like Probably some crossword books and maybe Sports Illustrated, Reader's Digest, that sort of thing. And there's a box of uh, artificial donuts, you know, like the powdered donuts that are propped open and half gone. Which half? The middle? As you approach the door, you notice to the right of the door, now that you're actually looking this way rather than coming in, you see a uh, hook to the right of the door on the wall, which contains a key ring. And there's another knock at the door and you hear somebody go, Michael? Hi, Dios mio, it's not Michael, because Michael is his son. Who is that singing in there? Am I to gather by this voice that it's an old woman? Kind of sounds like it, yeah. I'm going to slowly start creeping out towards the living room where Jack is, just in case something goes wrong. Yeah, I'm going to call him over. I think it's Marlene, his wife. Oh, well, this could get very awkward very quickly. So as they're doing that, I'm going to sneak into the bedroom and start putting on Michael's clothes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, this is going to go so wrong. Uh, before we get chased out of here, and I'm going to grab the key ring and put it in my pocket. I'm going to open the door. And you see this uh, old lady standing on the uh, step, and uh, she has a, a little dog. Yes, would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies? Wilderness girls. Yes, ma'am. Can I help you? And uh, the little dog looks like it's like just one of those little mops. It's an actual mop. She's seen now. As soon as it sees you, it pulls back its gums and bares its teeth and starts growling. The lady goes, Mitzi, cut that out. I'm sorry, are you are you uh, Clyde's son, Michael? No, we're his co-workers. And, and who are you, ma'am? She puts out a very skeletal hand with the veins are popping out in the thin skin, uh, liver spotted. She looks like she has arthritis because her knuckles are swollen and oversized. I'll take her hand gently and I'll rub the veins back and around and squish them around with my thumb. Grody. And you can see that she you know, has like roomy eyes. She can't quite focus as well as she could have once upon a time. Which room? I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm the neighbor, uh, Mrs. Janowitz. Oh, hi, Mrs. Janowitz. It's nice to meet you. Can we help you with something? And you are? 
My name is Jack. Did you need help with something? No, I just, I thought, I thought maybe you were Michael. Have you heard from him? Uh, Did you know Michael? Michael and Sharon aren't coming for for a couple more days. Oh, okay. Okay. So you've heard from them. Good. They should be here soon, though. I I think in, in, in probably two days or so they should be here. Are you sure? I thought I saw, I thought I saw someone in the back room. Hey, hey, uh, Michael, are you back there still? Just one second. Uh, See, he's, he'll be out in just a second. Well, uh, you know, it's a terrible shame, Jack, about poor Mr. Bauman, you know, he wasn't even found for three days. A real pity. That's that's what we heard. We wanted to come by and make sure the place was presentable before his children arrived. What kind of neighbor was Mr. Bauman? Was he... I'm sorry, young man. What did you say? I was just wondering how well you knew uh, Mr. Bauman here. Uh, was he a good neighbor? Did he keep to himself? Was he... You know, how was he around the, the complex? Did He was a, a fine neighbor. I mean, kept to himself mostly. A real loner type. I mean, from what I heard, he's, his son always did say how dedicated he was to his work. He never did quite tell us what he did for a, a living. Do you know? Oh, I no, I don't know. I think it was something in finance. I'm, I'm not terribly sure. Maybe maybe property tax, uh, something along those lines. I, I'm not quite sure. He didn't ever talk to anybody, really. He kept to himself. And at that point, I'll enter the living room wearing Michael's clothes. Oh, who, who's this? Why are you wearing Clyde's clothes? Because mine got wet. <laughs> So your your name's Michael, like Clyde's son. I am. You know me. Your bad eyes, you old woman. I believe that's gonna be a roll, isn't it? <laughs> oh, we are burning in hell. So Roy, if we look at your character sheet. I think that's a disguise, isn't it? I can do a disguise. I failed, but that's okay. Push the roll. Nothing bad will happen. The clothes spontaneously combust. Are you going to let that stand? Unfortunately, I don't want to die over this. She looks at uh, Roy and kind of squints, and the scowl on her face just softens slightly, and she's like, you must be confused, son, but that's okay. If you were one of his co-workers, he he probably missed you, too, so I understand. Aw. Mitzi, down. I look at Mitzi, and I go, Intimidate the dog. I needed a 15. I rolled an eight. Damn, son, check that box. Mitzi uh, immediately closes her mouth and whimpers and scurries back behind Mrs. Janowitz. Sometimes you just got to show them who's boss. Absolutely right, sir. Yes, Jack, Jack, you're absolutely correct. If you need anything, I'm just down the way. I'm, I'm actually uh, 137, so... Oh, okay. Just uh, give, give me a holler if you need anything. Sounds good. You boys have a good day, and hopefully I'll see you around. You too. <laughs> One more thing. Uh, before you go, uh, did you happen to recall hearing or seeing anything odd leading up to the, the, the days of Mr. Bowman's demise? Was any loud noises, any uh, previously unknown visitors showing up? No, nothing like that. He's, he's always so quiet. I think that's why it took so long for anybody to notice that he was missing and uh, just so sad to be there all alone and to have died in the shower. I mean, I can't imagine. Can't imagine. It's a terrible thing. Well, uh, well thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Goodbye. I'm going to push the door shut. Slowly. It's still open a crack. I can still see you slightly. Click. He didn't shut the door. He just went click. In her face. Click. <laughs> ah, Rocky. She just said that he died in the shower. Uh, yes. Uh, took Did people... we know that information? No, they didn't really give us a whole lot on, right. on the man himself. That's why I was asking. Everything I've heard, he seemed like a very quiet, secluded man and... She didn't say there was anything out of the ordinary before he died. Um, I suppose she's probably the... not the best judge of those things. No, but I checked the bathroom. I didn't see anything. Another set of eyes can't hurt. I'm going to head to the bathroom and check it out. I'm going to check the hallway towel closet. I'm going to go change. Um, Jack, if you go back into the office, make sure you grab the paper that mentions the cabin. Remember, we can't leave any trace of anything Delta Green. I had that paper. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if somebody grabbed it or not. Yep. Rocky, you head to the bathroom. It is... A very sort of upsetting ramshackle state. Why don't you go ahead and give me a roll? Spot hidden. I needed a 60. I rolled a 55. You very easily figure out that Clyde probably was getting out of the shower and just keeled over of a heart attack or some other Mm. sudden event. Brought everything down, tried to grab hold of the towel racks, ripped it off the wall, shattered part of the shower door, and knocked a toothbrush holder off the sink. And you can see like this patina of where a corpse may have laid for three days before being found. I'm going to lick it. Jack, you uh, open up the linen closet. It is stocked, but not well stocked, with very threadbare 
towels, washcloths, an old first aid kit there that has been expired for quite some time. Otherwise, kind of empty. Like, even for a bachelor, this is the Hmm. hallmark of somebody who probably has given up. I'm just going to examine, you know, do my hand like I usually do. Just run around the inner edges of the closet, make sure there's nothing hidden, no papers that are taped underneath the shelves, so we don't want to miss anything. You give it a good throw going through. And, uh, Roy, you're back into your clothes, and uh, you you glance at yourself in the mirror, and you barely recognize yourself. It's, wow, the transformation was so good. At least you fooled yourself. I fooled everybody. One leg out of the pants, and he trips and hits his head on the corner of the dresser. Well, see, I wanted her to believe I was in sane and it worked that was the plan and rocky since you were in the bathroom the entire time he was changing you get to see everything he was doing reflected in the mirror you got to see my ass no no how did he sh- how did he shave small hearts in the back of his leg hairs i got kids time to shave daddy's leg hair oh let's go to the cabin oh yeah wait hold on we're going on a road trip no All i'm right. not driving i'm not driving like Taxi? brian's drive. it looks like jack's driving nope never Oh, wait, guys. Let's not be stupid. Taxi! (laughs) And I'll pull out the card, and I'll call my friend, Lurch. Yes, how how can I help you? Yeah, we need Lurch over here. We gotta take a drive. Absolutely. I I have your geolocation, and uh, he'll be there shortly. All right, thanks. What you doing later? Like, before we left, did Delta Green give us, like, any kind of way to contact them? Like, do I have a number for, like, our handler or some way to get in touch with them if I, like, want some information from them, possibly? You can call into a call center. All right. Roy, mind if I see that card real quick? You're not going to report me, are you? Of course not. I just need the number. All right, I'll read it to you. I don't want to. I don't want to give all my new friend's number. And I'm gonna dial the number. Yes. Uh, we're out in the field at the moment. Um, I was wondering if I could get the medical records of one Clyde Bowman. Yes, uh, I can actually uh, get those to you via email shortly. Thank you very much. No I appreciate problem. that. Yes. Have a good day, Mr. Royal. Hey, thank you. Bye-bye. Click. As he's on the phone, I'll yell, what you doing later? I'm going to hang up. After just a few minutes, you actually get a little text message, Roy, that says, arrived, meet me at the corner. I'll text back, thanks, baby, be out in a minute. XD, XD, eggplants, water drop, water drop. Rocky, almost immediately thereafter, you receive an email. So has our ride gotten here yet, Roy? Is- yeah, my ride's here that you guys are going to hitch on to. Lovely. Anything else we need before we leave? I have the keys from the door. You have the paper that mentions the cabin, correct, Roy? Yeah, I have that, uh, and you have that, and Jack has nothing because he's been worthless this Um, expedition. I have the Maltov cocktail that's burning in my hand. We gotta move. I whip it over my shoulder and run out the front door. Now, before we go fast, one question. Do you think they'd noticed if I kept that suit? Yes. I did look very handsome in it. What if that's the one that the, his children want to bury him in? They'll just be like, oh, dad, you lost your suit. Guess he'll be naked. Guess he'll be wearing his birthday suit. <laughs> Before we go, should we take a look in the living room just to make sure? I think this is the last space uh, we haven't checked yet. If you want to do a quick once-over, then yes. Because the last thing we hurt. need is to get to the cab and be like, you should have checked under the couch cushion. Ooh, I found a quarter. All right, but hurry up. Lurch is waiting. All right, let's toss this place. <laughs> make like a salad and toss it. Jack, it's uh, it's pretty much as you've seen it. There's no se- secrets to be had. The only thing is the um, donuts have obviously been sitting out for probably more than three days. Hey, Roy, tell me if these donuts... Donuts are any good. I slowly shut the lid and hand them to Roy. Got you some donuts, man. And I'll eat all of them. They're extraordinarily dry. Here, try this milk. It's called thick milk. (laughs) It's in this fridge. I'll go drink out of the faucet. And then play with the water. Instinctually. Here's a treat. I'm going to go digging in the couch cushions for spare change. Uh, Give me a luck roll. I needed a 51 and I rolled an 8, and that's an extreme success. We're going to fail the rest of our rolls. You find $3.75. Oh, boy. I'm going to pocket my $3.75. I would think that an extreme luck roll would give him dollar bills, not just change. He said he was searching for a change, though, didn't he? You also find... A ring. Ooh. It says daddy on it. It looks like a simple gold band, probably a wedding ring. In the interior is etched CB-223-1967. So, wait, that means that that was a shotgun wedding. Let's put it that way. One second, and I'm going to briskly walk back to the bedroom, and I'm going to just set the ring on the bedside table. Nice. And then flick it behind the dresser. All right, let's get out of here, boys. We're going on a road trip. I found $3.75 in the cushion, so 
road snacks are on me. They were going to be anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to walk out in slow motion and put our glasses on as we're walking through the... And I'm going to flick my Zippo back. <laughs> and the apartment's going to explode. It just hits the door, tink, falls to the ground, shuts. I'll break formation be like, oh shit, and I'll go grab <laughs> my, it. My lighter, guys. Hold on. We're walking away in slow motion. You just see Roy turn around at normal speed. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> grab the lighter, come back, and he goes back into slow motion. So uh, you do see uh, a familiar black suburban truck parked by the curbside uh, just at the uh, entrance to the uh, apartment complex. Everybody in? I'll strut up next to it. As you approach, the uh, tall seven-foot gentleman gets out and opens the doors for you, nods at Roy. I'll like do like the fake punches. How's it going, killer? Shotgun. No, 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 no. That ain't an option here. This is my boy right here. All right, I jump in the back. And I'll get up front. And up front, there is a bottle of water for you. And in the back, guys, there is uh, juice and water. Juice boxes. Jackpot. Yeah. And some watermelon Pop-Tarts. I'm going to chuck the water watermelon pop tarts out the window because fuck that it hits mrs janowitz and knocks her out mitzi no mitzi starts eating her (laughs) janowitz jerky and so uh the driver gets back in the seat and looks at roy expectantly roy give the man the piece of paper with the coordinates on them so he knows where we're going i'll give it to him and then i'll say uh it's pretty impressive that you know where we're going based on coordinates like i need addresses guy and he looks at you with a frown on his face and then smiles and reaches up to the console taps it a little panel flips out hydraulics hiss and you see a computer screen there it's a google maps and he just hits a little thing plugs in the coordinates by hand and you see the route automatically calculate and it looks like it's about four hours to the north and over the course of our four hour journey i want to take the time to very thoroughly scrutinize clyde's medical records i'm gonna scream sing a thousand bottles on the wall oh, i thought you said you were gonna scream sing a thousand miles and i was like <laughs> well i'll do that too did you just give us coordinates to your house, Jeremy? North Wisconsin, eh? Yeah, so this is in uh, upper Wisconsin, not too far away from Escanaba River State Forest. In the moonlight. Maybe while we're here, we could uh, visit Thunder Lake. Iron Mountains just slightly to the north. Or Grass Lake. Roy is going to make the hate drive down to Green Bay just to screw with the Packers fans. You know I am. Packers! If you drive straight up, get there just before sunset. Anything else you want to stop and do, or do you want to stop? Obviously, you might want to stop and get some food, or... Yeah, we'll just grab something quick on the way, drive I'm going to buy what I can at a gas station for $3.75 in spare change. I will not buy anything, but instead, two hours into the drive, I will insist that we stop at a diner. If we look at the uh, map, about two hours up would be just past Milwaukee, probably. Over maybe towards Oshkosh? Oshkosh. Ah, yes. I do like Oshkosh. It's a nice area. If you if you listen, you're from Oshkosh. I endorse you. Just you, though. Them's high remarks. Not your family. We're gonna get some cheese curds? Yeah, I, I want the free cheese. There's a nice little place called Deb's Spare Time. We'll stop there. What time is it when we're getting there? Let's say about one o'clock. How's that? One o'clock? Okay. Yeah. We missed the lunch rush, so that's good. And you walk into a very classic diner. Looks like it's probably, maybe caters more towards the uh, miller Light crowd. You can smell it's just grease hanging in the air, but it's kind of enticing, too. You smell onions. Sliders. <gasps> uh, smash burgers, sliders. actually. Smash yeah. burgers. They're making smash smash mouth sliders. Burgers. Smash mouth burgers. They're walking hey, on no. the sun. It's hey, a burger. No. Ah, it burns! <laughs> it might as well be. And there is a jukebox in the corner and uh, a counter or a table, if you prefer. Uh, the driver is going to stay in the truck. What? I don't even care about this anymore if Lurch is not going to eat with us. It's funny because he actually drops you guys off at the diner and then drives away. To a Hooters. And you get a text, Roy. It just says, uh, fueling up. Okay. He's responsible. Going to go to the jukebox and plug in five plays of Tom Jones that's not unusual, followed by one What's New Pussycat. And then I'll go put in one play for Thunderball. You put in the extra dollar, Roy, to bump it up at passes? Yeah. They don't know how jukeboxes work. Jack, are you going to sit at the counter or... Yeah, I'm going to belly up to the counter. Deb is actually working there. She looks like she's probably like 23 years old. Hi, sir. Uh, you here for a little lunch? Uh, yeah. What's, what specials do you have? We have a Mexican burger today. It has salsa and cream cheese on top. That sounds amazing. That's a special, but we have pretty much anything you can think of. All right. I'll have a, a chef salad, please. Oh, uh, we don't have that. But with burger and a bun. 
Oh, yeah, we, we have a chef salad burger, if that's what you Yeah, mean. that's what I would like. Okay, good. Yeah, we got With that. extra ranch. How about your friends over there playing with the jukebox? Yeah, they just are playing grab ass. Give them a minute. Okay, well, you know, this is my spare time, but, you know, time is of the essence, so. <gasps> uh, anything to drink? Uh, yeah, some uh, Coke. Sure, we got that. No problem. I'll get that started for you. Let me know when your boys get here. All right, sounds good. All right. I'm telling you, Rocky, Thunderball is the superior song. Just just wait. This is going to be great. So the thing is, the thing is, is when you play, it's not unusual back to back. People just aren't certain if it's the same song playing multiple times or if it's not unusual, it's just one really long fucking song. It's because they're not true Tom Jones fans. I'll put in $500 to make sure that Thunderball <laughs> stays at the top and then I'll go up to the counter. Uh, yes, sir. What can I get for you? Uh, hey, how's it going, Deb? Good. Uh, how's the fresh flounder? It's three days old. So fresh for us. Oh, wait. I know. We're in Wisconsin. Yeah. How's the cheese? It's so fresh. Actually, he just finished making it. Is there a cow out back? Absolutely. Can I meet the cow that made the cheese? You bet. Old Bessie is right out back. I thought that cow's name was Deb. No, that's me. I'm Deb. You're not all Deb? No, Bruce. Why? Gary. All right. All right. I'll order your cheese as long as you let me meet the cow. If you want, uh, she's probably squeezing off some fresh cheese, so you can just head right back in there and get I from the get, I gotta get back there right now. The cow has burger-shaped cuts out of its sides. <laughs> and then I'm just gonna head up to the to the bar where Jack is so I can order some food, because I'm hungry. You gotta order from Deb. Learn the rules. Hi, sir. Uh, what can I get for you, too? Do you, you want some cheese as well? Uh, tell you what, uh, draw me a cup of mud, then you can burn one, take it through the garden, and pin a rose on it. Absolutely. Coming right up. And she slaps a cup of coffee in front of you. And then smacks you with a cast iron pan. <laughs> We're never going to get to the cabin. Why'd we stop for lunch? You're welcome. Roy, you head out back, and sure enough, they have a cow in a little manger. Yeah, kind of like a manger. Yeah, out back. And uh, there, there's a gentleman there uh, who looks up as you're walking, walking up, and uh, he's milking the cow into a bucket. How's it going? Mind if I give that a try? Absolutely. Take a squig. Pushes the bucket towards you. I say, no, no, no. I take it from the source. He's like, okay, open your mouth. I'll get on my knees and open my mouth. And he points the other edge and gives it a squeeze. Well, say you have to save this for the Lovecraft tapes after dark. You get a nice uh, squirt gun to the mouth there, buddy. That's some good milk. Oh, yeah, milk. Yep. It hardly tastes like pus at all. Why is it so salty? That's how you know it's working. Okay. What's up with Deb? Oh, what about her? She's a she's she's a good boss. How how old is this guy that I'm talking to? I need to establish. He looks dominance. like he's about forty six. Okay. See, you don't have a problem working for someone younger than you. No, why would I? She's smarter than me. All right, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna just throw this out here. Take it however you want it. I think with your brawn and my brains, we could start up a rival diner and take this one down. Uh, I, I'm pretty happy here, but uh, good luck with that. You can name it Beds. Suit yourself. All right. Have a good day. Did you hand him the suit? Let's look at the cow. Oh, it's a beautiful cow. You think you're better than me, cow? It's got like nice brown markings on it, but they're like tan. They're just very, she looks very furry. I'll be back in a half an hour when Jeremy and Gabe are done working through their sexualized cow fantasies. Moo moo. The innocence of Bessie. And then I'll, uh, I'll kick the milk bucket over and run away. Hey, you hear as you run back inside. All right, Jack, so you are uh, delivered your burger? Oh, no, I got on the bus. I'm heading back to Chicago. You don't know how to communicate with them. You can't do that. I don't even take a breath. I eat it so fast. You're about halfway through, and you see the Suburban pull up outside. Quick, guys, we gotta go. So I'll scoop up all my cheese and start working towards the parking lot. Yeah, I'm going to take my burger, um, slide money over on the counter, and so I keep the change, a $20 bill. But the burger was $30. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Uh, come again. I'll see you again, Deb. So you guys pile back into the Suburban and continue along to your destination. And I'll slide Lurch over one piece of cheese. Oh, snap. And he takes it, kind of looks up in the rearview mirror at Rocky and uh, Jack, and quickly pops it into his mouth and smiles. Smiles with cheese on his teeth. <laughs> so uh, you guys pull up. It's getting a little bit late. It's not quite sunset, but it's it's you know it's starting to get there. The the sun has gone be- below the treetops, and as you've gone north, um, you do feel the temperature is growing colder and colder. But it is still like sort of unseasonably warm for late February, early March. There is a, a bit of snow appearing on the roadsides, but it, it looks like it's been a, kind of a mild wind. So you're not going to be struggling too much up here with the cold and the uh, and the 
snow. It takes a little bit of doing, but you find the entrance to the cabin off of the main road just a few miles. It looks like probably in poor weather, this would be a dangerous trek. If a sudden squall came up, you might have to use snowmobiles or a really good four-wheel drive to get through this uh, beat track road. The cabin itself is set back into a forest and is very well secluded from anybody. The track that is the driveway winds through the trees a couple miles. There's a bit of an elevation and then a clearing where the cabin is revealed to you. And it is a one-story, very simple, uh, looks like it's constructed of wood, log cabin exterior. Log cabin look. Made out of Lincoln logs. And you see like a, a sort of field stone chimney coming out of one of the sides. That's what you see right off the bat. No large car parked by the side of it? No, or? there's no vehicles here. So the driver pulls up 50 feet of the house where somebody might park, stops the car, turns it off. Looks expectantly up at you guys. Did I learn anything from Clyde's medical records? As near as you could tell, uh, he'd been suffering from diabetes for probably the last 10 years of his life. There was no mention of his actual death, but you did manage to find some uh, history on his health. And it seems like he didn't take care of himself. He was constantly obese, had been diagnosed with heart disease probably uh, eight years ago or so. Well, as far as I've seen through what happened in the bathroom and after taking a long glance at his medical records, I don't think there's any foul play afoot here. Ah, uh, he was diagnosed as a diabetic and diabetes does increase your chance of heart disease. He wasn't taking very good care of himself, so I wouldn't at all be surprised if he had some sort of heart attack stepping out of the shower, slipped and fell and was grasping at that towel rack to try and get himself back up, missed it, went for the toothbrush holder, knocked it off. Meanwhile, we're walking to the cabin. He's just in the car by himself. Just have like like my arm over the gap in between the driver and the passenger seat, head on it, uh, talking to Lurch. And he's just nodding his head, kind of rolling his eyes, looking at his watch. So at least we can rule out anything fishy about his death, for now anyway. Anyway, thanks for the drive. Uh, super enjoyed the company. I'm going to head out, of the, hop out of the car and uh, catch up to Jack and Roy. So what'd you find out, Rocky? Yeah, what'd you find out about his medical records? Well, after I have a long chance to read over his medical records and seeing what happened in the bathroom i oh you're not serious are you no we don't yeah we heard you yelling at lurch from out here well i mean he's deaf i don't think that's true i mean he can't talk so he's deaf i never thought of it that way it doesn't matter if his legs don't work let's get up to this cabin boys let's see what we got here get it cleared out cleaned out and get out go home go home bye-bye oh somebody wants to get the job done on time i'm gonna go right up to the front door I am. No, I am. So you walk up to the front door and uh, it looks solid and uh, there is a lock. Sorry, guys, it's locked. Uh, Hold on, hold on. I'm going to pull the key ring out of my pocket and start trying the keys one by one. The key ring is labeled with faded labels and you do find one that is labeled cabin. Who makes faded labels? I'm going to use the one labeled cabin to unlock the door. And it creaks open. More importantly, is there a screen door for Roy to obsess over? Go ahead and give me a lock roll. Roll for screen door. Roll for screen door, Roy. Roll for screen door. I need a 28, and Matt made me get a 2 because he's a dick. You're welcome. I think what that means is that there's a Florida room. (laughs) There's a screened-in porch. Out the back. Ooh, that could be. I like it. And as I walk in, I'll start sniffing the air. I smell screen. I'll run through the cab and not even realizing my surroundings just to the back to the screened-in porch and just start, like, waving around in it. In slow motion. I'm so happy. Oh, so the happy. Hills are alive. No. Bad Roy. Bad. No, get back. Like I pull out the water bottle. <laughs> so, uh, Jack and Rocky, the things that strikes you the most is just how quiet it is in here. And there are more than a few cobwebs around. <gasps> it's just me else. It's oddly quiet in here. And look at the cobwebs. <laughs> there is um, basically some secondhand furniture, run down, beat up, and the decor itself is kind of rustic. It smells musty in here as if no one's been here in quite some time. Interesting choice going for the secondhand furniture. Looks a little run down. It's musty. The living room that you enter into is takes up primarily the uh, the majority of it. And there is a kitchen, but it's sort of kind of open, but 
connected. There is a closed door, probably a, a bedroom, you assume. There is a bathroom door, which is also closed. And we'll say that the back end of the living room opens up onto that Florida room where Roy is currently spinning, spinning, spinning. You start in here. I'm going to head to the back towards the bedroom. Of course, yeah, you perv. Right. Uh, you do see a glorious Florida room, which despite no one have, having been here in, in a, a couple months, and that's what you notice is, you know, judging by the cobwebs, your fine-tuned senses immediately recognize that no one's been here to clean these screens for at least two months. Immediately starts licking them clean. He can tell the exact last day that they've been cleaned. I'll take my boot off and uh, undo the sole and take out my screen door brush and just start, you know, cleaning. As you're cleaning, first off, the screen door that is at the back of the Florida room, uh, which leads out onto the back end of the property, is very well made and very secure. Anybody who tried to get into this cabin through the Florida room would probably need some tools to do so. But thankfully, no one has uh, tried to break in or anything. Uh, and there is a padlock on the outside of the that screen door. So heading directly out into the back from here will require you to go around and unlock the padlock. And you do notice that out back, there are a couple structures. Uh, there looks to be some sort of shed, and there is an outhouse. More importantly, is there a half moon cut into the door of the outhouse? Absolutely, there okay. is, yes. It's a pentagram, it's weird. There, it's not a half moon, it's a crescent moon, dummy. Yeah, get it wrong, buddy. It's a moon over my hammy. Sponsor us, Denny's. Sponsor us, Shitter. Sponsor us every outhouse. I'm going to Google outhouse right now, and if it's going to have a crescent moon. Oh, look at that. First result, crescent moon. Welcome to Outhouse Steakhouse. Do you want a blooming onion? <laughs> so, Jack, you were looking around the living room and, and noticing the thin layer of dust on the uh, furniture, and you can tell that whoever has been up here hasn't been here in a couple months. You quickly glean that. You see there's a thin layer of dust on the magazines or on the coffee table. It looks like whoever was here didn't clean up very well. There's crumbs and evidence of mouse poop. You do find a footlocker. <laughs> I'll get a pair of Nikes then. Yes, but do they have Yeezys? Get some Heelys. Gonna examine the footlocker and see if it's locked. If not, I'm going to slowly open it up. It does look like it is locked, secure. It looks like it's some sort of military footlocker. And why don't you give me a roll that would help with, like, history or whatever? Uh, roll for history or whatever. <laughs> history is a thing. It's under first aid. I know where it's at. I don't want to roll it. I needed a five. I rolled an 11. Push that Roll. I'm going to not push that roll or spend any luck. Brian, you have disappointed our home audience It today. just looks like it's, you know, probably military style. You can't quite tell what era, but it looks unusual. And it is quite securely locked. I would like to yell for Rocky. We'll go to Rocky. You said you were going to go to the bedroom, was it? Yes. You uh, opened up the bedroom. And inside is a very simple bed. Looks like it's probably just a frame, maybe someone made out of wood and two by fours. Just a very thin, cheap mattress on top that looks like it's stained. You don't even see any bed sheets or blankets. A couple pillows there that are very flat and stained as well. And as soon as you open up the door, a couple flies buzz around, which is unusual for February, early March. There is a closet door here as well. Well, I guess I have to open the closet and door now, don't I? Prepare for a jump scare. Roll for closet or whatever. So you open up the closet and the gust of wind as you pull the door open causes the desiccated mouse that was up on one of the empty shelves to fall to the ground. Looks like he's been dead for quite some time. His eyes are completely missing. Grody. Yeah, and you get like a sort of a sickly sweet smell from the closet but otherwise there's no linens or anything in here and then you hear jack calling from the uh, living room going to turn around and head back to the living room yes you need something hey let me let me see the keys all right and i'm going to walk over to where he's at and kind of toss him the key ring no i just wanted to see them i found a, a foot locker let's see let's see if there's any adidas in there i'm gonna Kind of get down next to him and take a look at the footlocker. I hand him back the key since he's down there. You unlock the uh, footlocker and raise the lid. So, Roy, you're uh, there in the Florida room, finishing up your cleaning. 
I'm going to pursue the outside, so I guess I'll go back out through and towards the shed. We quickly shut the lid to nothing. You go around back, and you see that it's actually a really nice piece of property. It's very secluded. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please? I need a 75. I got a 71. All right. Make sure to put a check mark next to that if you don't have one. You're walking over to the, the shed, which is 50 yards from the outhouse. You walk up to the shed, and uh, you see that there is a stout lock on the door. Got to drink the beer to open the door. I'm bashing the lock with the butt of long sleeves. All right, so go ahead and roll a D100, and as long as you don't roll a 100, you're okay. <gasps> I got a 77. All right, it holds fast. So I wanted to roll a 100. You lied to me. No, a 100 would be a malfunction, and I'd have the gun explode in your hand. Then I'm going to take long sleeves, and I'm going to aim down to the end away. That way I don't like shoot bullets into the shed and shoot the lock off all right so go ahead and uh give me a firearms roll but you can go ahead and take a bonus on that uh i needed a 30 i got a 49 the bullet sinks into the wood of the door and you're down one bullet all right well last ditch effort i'm gonna just start kicking at the door because it's a wooden door so i figure i should be able to break the wood it's very stout for some reason this isn't uh as ramshackle as you would think give me a strength i need a 50 i got a 34 so you give it your all and kick it as hard as you can with your best chuck norris kick and it rattles for a little bit but it holds fast Ooh, there's something good in there if it's not gonna break i guess i'll search the perimeter see if there's any weaknesses in the siding or in the roof and uh so you sort of look around the side and not too far away from the shed you spot something unusual jack and Rocky, you open up the footlocker and you see a bunch of stuff inside. This looks like a collection of Delta Green mementos. And on the very top of a bunch of other things is a sealed envelope marked with a triangle in green ink. Should we open this? Oh, definitely. I'm going to open the envelope. And while he's opening up the envelope, uh, Jack, you see a, a bunch of stuff underneath it. It looks like there's a bunch of reel-to-reel tapes, cardboard box. There's a bunch of files. Looks like there is some grenades. Holy crap. A knife poking out from the bottom. I'm going to give Rocky a handout. Ooh, yay. To whom it may concern, if you are reading this note, I can assume I have died or become incapacitated before I had the courage to complete my final mission. You will find about 20 gallons of gas in the shed behind this cabin. Pour it into the septic tank beside the cabin and ignite it. You'd be happier if you didn't look inside. Please make sure that the remains are kept from my children. I am so sorry. God, please forgive me. Signed, Clyde Bauman. So, Roy, you are looking around the exterior of the shed, and you something catches your eye that is about 30 yards away from the shed, sort of in between the shed and the outhouse. And it looks to you like it's the hatch of a septic tank. Oh, fuck. I'm going to go play with it. Mom, I'm going to go play in the septic tank. Be home by dinner. Well, I'm opening it, and I'm going down. So as you approach it, you see that uh, there's a massive padlock on it that looks even more substantial than the one on uh, that was on the shed. But... As you approach, you think you hear something. It's this sort of echoey sound that says, Hello? Is somebody out there? And we'll go back to Rocky and Jack. So what do you think he meant that he didn't have the courage to complete his final mission? I I have no idea what that could have meant. Um, We need to be very careful with this footlocker. I think there's active grenades in here. And I don't know how old they are. Yes, let's not touch those just yet although he is advising us to go pour 20 gallons of gasoline into his septic tank and burn it so the question is is do we do what he says or do we go and see why on earth he wants someone to light his septic tank on fire by doing that that would basically explode the entire area including the cottage well i mean the mission is to get rid of any traces so i guess Technically, that would count. That's probably why all of these are in the footlocker all in one spot for easy disposal. So I'm going to slowly take stuff out and set it on the couch. Everything that I take out, just lay it out. 
Yeah. In and as he takes the stuff manner. out, I'm going to take a second to look at what he's pulling out. Some reel-to-reel tapes. They are labeled with FBI evidence tags, dated 15th August 1972 to 29th September 1972. There is a cardboard box. What's in the box? You know, I don't know. You'll have to open it up. There is a bunch of papers all tied together with string. And on the very top, it looks like it's a manuscript page that says, Sky Devils, Archetypical Figures in Native American Mythology by Karen Barr. There are three tear gas grenades that look very old. There is a large iron knife. And it looks like it has some markings on it. There is a leather pouch. There is a uh, glass sphere, probably about the size of a half dollar, let's say. There is also a very large accordion file. Let me see that leather pouch real quick. I want to open that up and see what's in there. You catch a scent of something gamey, maybe even yeasty? Mmm, jerky. It looks like there is some black hair inside and these very small teeth and a couple feathers. Would I be able to tell what these were for? Between that and maybe the knife in the bag, would I get a sense of maybe what was going on here? Why don't you give me an occult roll? I would like to do the same, actually, if possible. I needed a five. I rolled a 51. Sure, Jack. Go ahead and give me an occult roll. Nice. I needed a 41. I got a 69. Nice. Nice. Neither one of you is certain exactly what these random things might mean, but you obviously know they're probably connected to Delta Green and some way, shape, or form. But each of these items would need to be inspected more carefully individually. I'm going to take the cardboard box over to the kitchen table and I'm going to set it down very carefully and open it up very carefully. It's not sealed, but it is closed up. And so you unfold it as if it were the petals of a flower unfurling. And inside you see a very neatly folded man's suit that is completely bloodstained. Tune in next time as we play another real of the Lovecraft tapes. We're definitely into some sort of weird Native American yeah, shit Yeah, I think he's got a Wendigo stuck in his uh, septic tank. Because, I mean, there are a couple of different mythologies where iron is used as either protection or as some sort of warding Get the or a wrinkles weapon. out of your suit. Because I believe it's, is it an Irish lore where you use iron to deal with fairies i thought that was yeah i think you're right i know iron is used in a couple of different mythologies for like protective purposes right. so i didn't connect the woman in the i assume it's a woman by your voice in the septic tank now that you said it out loud it sounds stupid but in my head it was like separate incidents where he had this just a woman locked down there yeah because you don't know any of the stuff we found yet either so you're just like oh shit i gotta get her out of there yeah that was my initial thought well my initial thought was hey what you doing later (laughs) (laughs) dead by dawn or hear me out we just burn everything to the ground we go home and we call it a day we can wrap this case up in like four episodes yeah huh huh Yeah, not with our rolls. All right, guys. Well, now it's time for some hashtag recommendos. So please roll me D100. Nice. It'll be me, Gabe, Brian, and Matt. So I'll start us off. Tonight, I will be recommendoing a movie from 2018 called Empathy Incorporated, directed by Yadidja Gortzitman, starring Zach Robitis and Kathy Searle. This is a science fiction Black Mirror style black and white film about a down and out startup guy who basically loses all his money and is kicked out of town and is hiding out at his in-laws place. He bumps into a friend of his at a bar one night who he knew back in the day and finds out that this guy is into the latest thing on virtual reality. But what he doesn't know is that after he sinks every penny of his family's money and his in-laws money, uh, he finds out it's a scam of sorts. There is some nefarious doings. Uh, It is not exactly virtual reality. It's literally body swapping. There are some other twists and turns as the main character gets into trouble deeper and deeper until he's left with few choices, but the script actually subverts those 
expectations. So just when you think you got it figured out, it takes a left turn and becomes something different. So it's kind of smart writing, but I especially like the fact that it ends on a very disturbing downbeat ending. So there are no happy uh, campers at the end of this. It's an indie film, but it really took me by surprise. I enjoyed it immensely. And uh, that is Empathy Incorporated. I've watched it on Shudder, and I I think Arrow Video is uh, releasing the Blu-ray. Next is Gabe. I'm going to recommend a wrestling company, and it's a sillier wrestling company, which is very, it's very different from most of the wrestling I like because I usually like serious, like technical style wrestling or like evil, hardcore blood wrestling. This is a fun company that I've watched for a while. I knew about them when I was a kid, and that's kind of where they can hold a place in your heart. It's a great company for kids. It's called Chikara Wrestling, uh, and when I say it's good for kids that doesn't mean that the wrestling isn't good because some of the best matches i've ever seen came out of particularly the earlier days of this company when you had guys like cesaro and luke harper coming out of there what this company is is it's a lucha style company based out of philadelphia and they have such a focus on characters that it just makes it so fun because i mean some of the funniest characters that i've ever seen in wrestling have come out of chikara they have a team called los ice creams which are just two guys that dresses ice cream and wrestle they have a guy called jervis cottonbelly who is the self-proclaimed sweetest man in all of wrestling he's a gentleman he shakes hands he hugs all that and it's just such a fun refreshing take on the whole w I hate to say WWE and New Japan style of wrestling where it's just, we are cool guy, we kick your ass, and that's who we are. Just to see these guys being silly and having a good time is just refreshing and still able to have great matches. And you'll see a lot, if you go back through the history, you'll see a lot of these guys went on to bigger and better things, so you know that the talent's there. So that's Chikara Pro Wrestling. Thank you, Gabe. And Brian, you're up next. I am going to recommend a show that I watched on Hulu, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. When I first heard about this show, I thought, eh, it's not up my alley. And then my kid made me watch it four episodes later. I'm waiting for the next one to come out on Sunday. You're following this this woman around who's a coder for a Google-esque company. And her dad has a very rare neurological disease, so she goes to the MRI to get tested to make sure she doesn't have it. And in the middle of her being tested, there's an earthquake and something happens to her. Everybody around her, she's able to hear what's happening to them emotionally through song. Out of the blue, people will start singing and dancing to her, but she has no clue what they're talking about or what the what the problem is, but she has to help them before they'll stop singing to her. It's, it's uh, pretty interesting. The music's great. They use tons of different genres of music. Some spots are emotional. They deal with some good issues that are in society currently. You'll get a kick out of it. It's uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Thank you, Brian. And Matt, close us out. Oh boy. Uh, unlike everyone else tonight, I'm going to step out of my usual comfort zone and tonight i'm going to recommend a comic book this is a comic book series called night wolf uh what it is is it's the story of a guy named rodney marcelli who on his 18th birthday is very unceremoniously thrown into a world he never knew existed all of a sudden he's being hunted on both sides of the an eons old conflict between the light and the dark uh there's vampires there are werewolves there are strange creatures that slink around in the dark and it is a very well built world it is a very gripping introduction to the story and despite there only being three issues of this comic right now i'm super excited for the the fourth one to come out whenever it does and they will have my money when that does show up eventually really really great world really great storyline the art is amazing they did a really great time taking taking their time to kind of flesh out the world at the start and by the third episode when things really get rolling it's it gets pretty exciting so shout out to one robert a Multari, the creator and writer and the entire crew over at Lone Wolf Comics for making a really great story that I can't wait to go back to. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. 
Uh, and if anybody agrees with me that we should just burn this place down and, you know, be done with this thing in four or five episodes, you know, you'll give me some support out here on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if anybody wants to talk about Zootopia Hentai with me, you can find me at Lovecraft Game. If you guys can show me how to put this pin back in the grenade, find me at Brian Podcasts. Until next time, roll four Florida rooms. It's so swampy in here. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2020. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Hey, hey, you. Who, me? Yeah, you. Oh, me. Okay, tell me about the idea you have. Okay, so you know how nobody actually wants to do any work or ever go anywhere or really ever do anything? I am a product... I'm, okay, yeah, I, I get it, yeah. Well, you know, you know, everybody's always looking for an excuse, and some, some days coronavirus just doesn't cut it anymore. So, I mean, you know, it's... we got a really, really great great product here for you. It's called Doctors for You. And here at Doctors for You, we have a highly trained staff of not actual medical doctors who will, for a very nominal fee, write you a note saying that you have anything that you could possibly have for any and all circumstances. Company potluck coming up? Nope. Sorry, you got Ebola. So wait, are you telling me that they could tell they could tell my boss that i don't have legs anymore if i want oh, oh yeah so we can do that yeah i hate having legs you don't have legs you don't have arms Hell, we can send you a note that says you lost your head somewhere if, if that's what you really want well, i love head i have to have head okay so yeah you know uh you, you need to get out of anything whatsoever just call us up and uh we'll have a real fake doctor's note in your hands in uh, no time at all all right, and that's my commercial idea. So you can call me, not Matt. I came up with it. Uh, dial up now and give me your money. Dial up? Yeah, di- I, dial up. I, Allow me to sing you the a song spe- of my people. <laughs> we have a special system in our in our company that do- that just rejects orders that don't come from dial up. Although you didn't hear it from me, but if you pick up the phone and make the dial up noises into the receiver, it can't tell the difference. Faxes only, please. <laughs> No, no, you're going to rub your wee-wee on it. Oh. Jeremy, that's too far. He lays this down on the side and rubs his face in it like a You can't cat. say wee-wee on the radio. That's true. <laughs> that's rated radio. X. NC-17. <laughs> Uh-oh. You're froze. Can you hear me still? Yeah, we can hear you. We okay. can hear you. Your picture Weird. is just frozen. That's hot. It's your hand blurry in front of it. That's see. fine. You said raise my hat. <laughs> put your hands up. Put your put your hands up. Yeah. There you go. You're back. That's spectacular. My singing brought you back to life. A real rogering, if you will. <laughs> I'm going to climb in and shut the door. <laughs> I'm gonna call them up. Cherry Pop Tarts. I have please. the number. You don't have the number. Roy, cherry pop tarts. Cherry pop tarts. Gross. Everybody knows you go for the s'mores pop tarts. <gasps> yes. Watermelon. Uh, the best. Matt, we do a show with heathens. They make watermelon Pop-Tarts? I haven't had uh-huh. a Pop-Tart in 15 S'mores years. S'mores Pop-Tarts are blessed. <laughs> they are? They're boobs? <laughs> That's the best part. S'mores Pop-Tarts are boobs! <laughs> Welcome to the Pop-Tart craft tapes. <laughs> and I can't remember what date they were married. <laughs> CB, I don't remember when we were married. I have to do <laughs> all the research for you, huh? 8-20-1948. Nope, that's when she was born. (laughs) (laughs) Mary from Mert coming to NBC this fall. (laughs) You didn't give me a date when they were born. When they were married. (laughs) Just like, uh, how about the, well, let's see, when were the kids born? About nine months ago. (laughs) Exactly nine months later from the day she was born. Seven twenty-eight seventy-four and nine twelve sixty-seven. Unless Michael was premature or something. Well, that'd be funny. Maybe he's like mutated. <gasps> I guess the sh- the uh, the daughter was first, right? Mm, yeah. So Sharon, Sharon's mutated. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
Anywho. So that's what you find, uh, Rocky. And I find a blue cube, glowing cube. Roll for it. <laughs> no. Eat, eat What's it? it taste like, Bri? That's a happy and a sad. Tastes like thick milk. <laughs> thick milk. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> nice. Deb owns uh, this place. She has dark hair and pull back in a pony table. The classic diner a pony um, table? uniform. <laughs> I've never seen that. What does a pony table look like, Jeremy? You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Yeah. I do want to know. Only, only furries now. <laughs> you, yeah, you've never been to a brony con if you don't know what a, a pony, pony table, table is. is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, it was a long ride. That burger didn't settle well. <laughs> do you smell cheese? Uh, is it like a valve? Like when if I want to open it, am I like turning it? It's a valve, like the guys who made Half Life. Garden. That's where Half Life Three is kept. <laughs> Get it? We did it, Reddit. It it's on NBC. It's on BNC. You don't have to spell B-N-C. it. We're all adults here. It's on the book. <laughs> there you go. Very cool. Sweet. So when I looked up Nightwolf, the first thing was uh, Mortal Kombat, and then I looked <laughs> yeah. up Nightwolf comic, and the second thing was Zootopia Hentai. Oh, so, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to be careful when you look for it. But it's uh, if you look up, you can go to their website, lonewolfcomics.com. Uh, It'll be there. That's nice. a little easier. Or the hentai, whatever. <laughs> okay, I mean, if Zootopia Hentai judge. is your thing, yeah. I'm not shaming Kink shaming is my king. I camp. am. <laughs> I need to borrow those if I can, Matt. <laughs> Not the hentai, the comics. Uh, uh-huh. Or both.